Kentucky Court Furniture Clearance Center for up to 70% off new retail prices. Stock is updated regularly, so you never know what kind of treasures you'll find. We offer a wide variety of stylish furniture for any budget, and every piece is court certified, so you can let your personality show in every room. And now through April 3rd is our tax refund sale. Mention refund 25 and take 25% off living room and dining room beds. Use your refund and refresh your home with stylish finds from Court Furniture Clearance Center. Go to courtclearancefurniture.com today. You're listening to a Castaway Media Podcast. Find more great shows at castaway.media or find us on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash castawaypodcasts. Welcome along to episode four of Fair Game, the podcast with a firm focus on Irish sportswomen. I'm Emily Glenn. And I'm Elaine Buckley. On this episode, we're kicking off a new series within the series. Given the year that's in it, there's a lot happening with Irish female athletes in the coming months, with sights set firmly on the 2016 Summer Olympic Games in Brazil. A number of Irish athletes and teams have already claimed their place at the Olympics, and there are many more in contention. So, in the coming weeks and months, we're going to be tracking their progress on Fair Game Road to Rio. Stay tuned to us on Twitter at FairGameCast for updates on who's going to be joining us on the show and search for us and subscribe to us on your preferred podcasting platform to make sure you get all future episodes delivered direct to your device. But back to the here and now and first up on Fair Game Road to Rio, we're looking at a sport that's brand new to the Olympic Games for 2016, Rugby Sevens. Here to tell us about the sport and Ireland's Olympic qualification prospects are two of the stars of the squad, Jenny Murphy and Captain Lucy Mulhall. Jenny and Lucy, you're very welcome along to Fair Game. Thank you. Jenny, we know you from your presence on the Irish 15s rugby squad. And Lucy, your background is in inter-county Gaelic football. Mm -hmm. So how did you both get involved in the Sevens international setup? Um, I I was playing uh, Six Nations at the time. It was my first Six Nations was 2012. Um, Had had a decent run of it. I was fairly raw and still probably didn't know the offside rule. Um, and was getting a grasp on that. Um, sevens came about really quickly. After that was finished, they had some trials, some random trials. I flew back from England, where I was living at the time. Um, hadn't really clue, never heard of sevens before that. Played against provincial, some provincial sides. Managed to kind of get whittled down to the final 20 and was selected for the first women's seven squad that year. Um, and that continued on, but it was it was from my campaign in 2012 was I think the first stepping stone for me into getting into the seven squad. Okay. And how about yourself, Lucy? How did you wind up on it? Um, I've never heard who, but uh, somehow I was spotted through Gaelic football as a possible prospect um, for playing sevens. And our development coach Stan McDell emailed me, and uh, so one day in college I seen this email around Mama was like. I don't know, someone wants me to play in a possible Olympic sport and she's like, God, don't meet any strange men <laughs> until you know what you're, until you know, uh, what you're talking about. But then as it turns out, I did some research and um, I was really intrigued by it all and I looked it up and then I went in for some trials. Um, at first, it's kind of more your fitness, your speed because I had no rugby skills at all and then I had to try learn how to pass a ball and try learn all the rules then from there on. Were they the kind of the open days that were done out in Santry, kind of an, the open call thing? Uh, um, well, I was invited to a kind of 
there was me and two other girls at the time um, I think all three of us had been invited by Stan so um, it wasn't one of the ones where like it was, wasn't open to the public to come in okay. cool mm. um, and the transition to the sport then has it been a bit of a shock to the system um, it I suppose it took a long time and it took it's still in the process um, I'm still learning a lot but uh straight from the get-go I just I love the sport Um, I love the contact element of it and that was something before I went I it was something that I was like either I'm going to be shocked by it or I'm going to love it and uh, as it turned out I really enjoyed it so um, I think the passing and everything from there on just takes a lot of time you just have to practice over and over again but um, I love the game and still have a long way to go before I'm the primed and um, player to for the sevens and Jenny what about yourself like going from 15s to sevens like what have we, what have you found kind of the main differences I guess between the two the two sports um, well I would have considered myself a relatively fast player in the 15s <laughs> game um, <laughs> and in the sevens game maybe not so much I'm um, I've got fear if I'm on the wing I'm like oh my god there's too much open space someone switch at me so I'm like Lucy get out of here Um no, it's there's there's a lot of similarities, but you've just got a lot more space, um, and you can't miss a tackle or you will be punished straight away. Um, in fifteens, again, miss tackle miss tackles are are no go. But you've you've got people fairly close to you on your right and your left to kind of cover for you. Um, and it's the same in sevens, but there's still that kind of open space element there so it's one mistake will cost you a try and maybe there's slightly more room for error in 15s maybe there's there's less kind of tactics involved with the sevens um but if, if physically very demanding different level of fitness and one game is gone and you've still got five games left over the course of the weekend so it's slightly different mentally preparing yourself for that going into the weekend but still love it it's it's different but the end of the day it's I'm still chucking around a rugby ball and whacking into people so I'm happy enough happy days the women's seven squad are contracted as part of the centralised high performance programme and that's funded by the Irish Sports Council and the IRFU um, how does training as a full time athlete compare to your previ- previous experiences um, for me I suppose it's massively different um, coming from Gaelic football in County Wicklow we were I played most of my Gaelic senior career and uh, junior level and uh, we would have trained Monday, Friday or Tuesday, Friday maybe and then a match on a Sunday and we wouldn't have much access to strength and conditioning coaches or anything like that so coming in here and being able to um, do it on a daily basis to be able to get some funding for it as well and to have all the expertise that's around us like when we train every day we have physios and we have S&C coaches we have video analysis we have like such a high level of support around us and it's it's been brilliant and it's been such a learning experience for me mm-hmm. what about yourself um, like before I'd play Gaelic and soccer and it was just going training training on a pitch doing your fitness um, practicing drills um, and then 2012 first year involved wasn't much kind of gym as such 2013 um, it got more serious and we were in the gym maybe two three times a week but it would be in the afternoon and then maybe a bump of conditioning and then before you'd be maybe in the gym six o'clock in the morning until half seven go to work um, finish and then do another training session after that and b- before the World Cup um, when I wasn't doing sevens that was the case and it's what a lot of the 15s girls are still doing now because that's entirely amateur it's 
they're up at six in the gym quarter past half six uh, there for an hour and a half then have got their full time jobs um, finish finish work maybe go to their club have a nap in the car um, and do another training session and the fact that we're contracted players now I do realise and I'm extremely grateful that I get paid to do this um, I don't have to worry as much I can work in the mornings then head to the gym at half one and that is my focus for the rest of the day I don't have I don't have as much stress and I can just focus on the rugby and um, so I, I think that we're really lucky and hopefully um, maybe a few months few years it will kind of gradually go into the 15s as well we'll both be getting that amount of support especially coming up to not just the repertoire in June but there's a World Cup in 2017 in Dublin too so be fantastic to get mm. equal support and we'd be like we've seen the past few years what, what's been achieved in in Irish women's rugby like without the full-time high performance so it's kind of like imagine what could be achieved if if it was committed to for, for the 15s as well as the sevens it would be <laughs> it would be incredible but um what what are the key components of, of being an elite sevens player like obviously speed is vital but what are the other kind of things that you work on day to day to to hone um I think I think everyone to be a good sevens player you need to relish contact and be very physical around around that breakdown and and just rep everything constantly so do the simple things right passing sharp crisp accurate fast and if you're a good passer it massively helps everybody else on the team and yes speed is a massive component of it but that's strength and power and then there's there's the mental determination drive and want to be better and every time you go training to to constantly want to be better than you were the day before Um, and we're lucky enough that we we have we have those players there it's just mm-hmm. about getting the results now and, and kind of continuously upping our performances and upping our training sessions with which each passing day mm-hmm. the tournament schedules sound incredibly intense and your kind of day-to-day schedule sound incredibly intense um, how do you manage recovery um, it's a huge part of our program, and it's something that I've uh, learned, and it was something by, that I was shocked by when I first came in was all this talk about recovery, and um, we're very closely monitored, and our load is monitored um, on a daily basis, and um, as players as well, we're very self-driven as a team to um, recover straight away after sessions. Between games, we'll have our recovery skins on. We'll have rec- we'll like refuel. We'll have ice baths. Like everything is provided to us to get us in the best condition possible for the next game or the next training session. Because you learn very quickly that what you do off the field actually has a huge effect on what you can do on the field. Then the next time you get out there, mm-hmm. and um, you've a nutritionist working with with you full time as well. Has yeah. that kind of have you seen the the benefits of of that kind of as a key thing? It's kind of something that it's not kind of talked about a lot, like as yeah. much as kind of the physical, the gym side of things. But um, have you got someone cracking the whip over you? With yeah, yeah for sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, maybe not one of the most enjoyable conversations you have, but you meet with your nutritionist um, on a regular basis, and it becomes a huge part of your day-to-day life like we're all kind of it's a lifestyle that you have to live not just when you're in Lansdowne training but on a day-to-day basis whether it's breakfast or how you eat on the weekends so yeah it's become a big thing for us mm-hmm. and um, in terms of kind of the the other people that you have working with you like kind of day-to-day in your HQ in Lansdowne on the training pitch how mm-hmm. 
Can you give us an example of, of kind of a typical Tuesday or Thursday, say, in the, in the women's sevens camp? Um, well, if you're if you're fully fit, I'm carrying a bit of an injury at the moment, so it's slightly different for me. But you've got mm-hmm. like you've got your head coach, assistant coach, um, video analysis, and then um, a girl comes in monitoring our heart rate and GPS systems during training as well, just to monitor how much we've ran and the collisions and stuff and things like that. Uh, but for the most part, we're in one half one every day. Um, we'll kind of half an hour maybe a foam rolling stretching that kind of thing um, go to the gym the upper lower total body kind of workout depending on the day um, crack into that that could take maybe 70 70 75 minutes depending um, finish there we'll do like an extra bit of core or if you've got kind of something you need to work on yourself so back exercises you kind of do that go straight from there to skills on a certain day so be working on maybe a clearing pass or forwards will split up and do line outs and backs will do kick off returns stuff like that then you get your your break um, for about maybe an hour and a half <laughs> sometimes a little bit longer sometimes a bit shorter maybe a team meeting if we're reviewing um, a match that was played at the weekend or maybe some previous matches and kind of self-analyse but also the coach will kind of point us in the right direction about what we should be looking at and what areas we need to improve on and work on, things like that, and then go out and do a final pitch session. That could be like an hour and a half. You'll see the drills up on the board of what what's going to happen and what you need to kind of prepare yourself for, and then sometimes you get a, a nice surprise conditioning hit at the end as well, <laughs> um, which is always like lovely. Um, and you could then go to the pool after that, or 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 free, um, free for the night. But that's rough day to day. I'm kind of tired just listening to that. <laughs> <laughs> There's been a lot of travelling involved for the squad so far with tournaments taking you everywhere from Sydney to Sao Paulo. Um, what have been your highlights to date? Um, I think it just it's just a massive thing to be playing on the World Series for us. Um, we had a year last year where we weren't, so to be just up playing with the best teams in the world and having that opportunity every two three months is just massive for us and um i just seeing how our team is developing and learning as we go is just really important for us and it's really nice to see girls uh growing as players and then the team as well so that's mm-hmm. been really exciting for us mm-hmm. um for me i'm haven't played on a world series this year yet um still not back but i was lucky enough to go to australia with the girls and see some of their games um, and it was fantastic one of our last training sessions we were playing against Australia who I would regard as probably the best women's sevens team in the world and to see how much we'd come on since playing them in the three three games that week um, and to just play fantastic in a, in a real close session and see them get very frustrated um, and our girls play so well I think for me that was that was definitely like a high of this year so far and it kind of definitely makes you want to kind of get back even sooner and I'm not the most patient person anyway and mm-hmm. um, but seeing your teammates do really well you just makes you want to kind of like up your rehab even more and, and get back even more just kind of it's nice to see and to see that we we're able to compete against the best in the world is definitely something too so that would be that'd be my high for the year. Mm. Sounds like a good a good confidence boost when you see a, a performance performance like that on the pitch. And the squad are off on their travels again in early April, um, mm-hmm. this time to the United States and Canada and again to France at, at the end of May. 
um, for the like in the remaining rounds of of the of the women's uh, World Series, like the turn tournament schedule seem incredibly intense. Like, does do factors like jet lag and stuff play into it as well, or is is that side of it the traveling side of it? Are there any downsides to that? Um, I suppose it's an it's a necessary evil, um, and it's definitely been looked after. And we're get like we've become very good at at it as players because our SNC and our management team have really driven that from from whenever I came into the program at first so I think we've we're really on top of it and we we definitely give ourselves the best possible chance to overcome it and you usually go four or five days before tournaments so um and you'll be training up to the tournament as well so you have that out your legs and you have it out your system before game day and then on game day that's like your head doesn't even go there you don't even think about jet lag you don't think about tiredness you're just ready for games Mm -hmm. beyond those remaining world series rounds lies the very important olympic tournament i can't pronounce it help me out repishage repishage yes (laughs) repishage tournament here in ireland in june um so break down what is at stake in this tournament for us last ball in the olympics um 11 teams already qualifies 12 12 ago and it's that 12th spot winner takes it all that's pretty much it who are you playing against um be a few teams uh, the big ones that that we'll be kind of hoping to top will be russia and spain um two european teams so i i there'll be other strong teams going in there too but you know the back of back of my mind there the the ones that we we need to beat and I know that we're capable of beating mm-hmm. have you played them before in in the past or yeah yeah, yeah. you uh, played them both in Sao Paulo okay just gone so you have the all-important video analysis yeah uh, good stuff <laughs> and obviously that that tournament is taking place in the UCD Bowl in in Dublin how will having home advantage kind of influence the team have you thought about that or is it just focus on what's happening on the pitch and drown out the your um, mammy cheering yawn <laughs> I think it will become a massive um, element you don't think about it coming up to UCD last year you, like you don't think about your relish the opportunity to play at home but uh, then we found out in UCD that it was a massive factor for us it's how we're actually playing on the World Series at the moment but um I don't know I find it very hard it's very hard to think about you and you want to focus on the next tournaments and really we need to be we want to just compete at the high level with the best teams in the world and I feel like if we learn and we focus on what's coming up next then come June it'll all sort itself out but we have to get the hard work done before then mm-hmm. and will there be like the, the tournaments on across two days in, in, in UCD and mm-hmm. like how many matches are you going to be playing a day What's what's the structure of it Three and three, like um, regular World Series kind of weekends. Um, so it was great. It was it was fantastic um, last year. The turnout um, and like a home crowd. You you don't really think about it going up to it, but when going it gets tough and it's the final minutes and you're absolutely blowing that extra kind of cheer or that like mammy's voice in the crowd or whatever yeah. it is. Mm-hmm. Um, you kind of gets you off the ground that bit quicker and maybe you think you're a bit faster than you are and you're not as tired as you feel so it's like an eighth man on the pitch sometimes I know it's kind of people say it or not but like a home crowd does make a difference especially when it's a, like an Irish home crowd they're, they're you couldn't pick better fans to be honest mm-hmm. so hopefully they'll all turn out in the day and give us a 
bit of extra help mm-hmm. and hopefully we won't need it because yeah. we've, we've seen the uh the kind of the power of a of a of a rugby crowd from from ashburn to the the 15 six nations in donnybrook yeah. like the turnouts for the three matches were just brilliant and especially kind of seeing so many kids there and families there mm-hmm. and the noise the noise from the crowd you can just like it just creates the atmosphere and i just really hope it uh it, tra- it transfers now to, to ucd in june mm-hmm. So you guys finally, you're on the road to Rio with some other incredible Irish sportswomen. What other events and athletes will you be looking forward to in the build up to the Olympic Games? Um, I love watching Katie Taylor. I think she's a, she's a great athlete and um, I think she just, like she's a great ambassador for Ireland and I know she still has to qualify yet, but uh, definitely be watching her build up and expecting her to be over there in Rio. Stole my answer. Um, <laughs> like we've got a few. We're lucky enough that we have not just Katie Taylor, but there's also some other fantastic boxers, Michael Conlon, doing really well. Um, pentathletes like Natalia Coyle, um, Brian Gregan, a 400 meter. There's there's a lot to choose from, and to be fair, I have a lot of appreciation for the runners because my running technique is. It's pretty <laughs> diabolical to be honest. Um, so yeah, yeah it's a future, but but like to be fair, um, looking forward to cheering uh, Kate Taylor on. I was, was in the crowd when she won her gold medal in London, so it would be pretty cool to see her get a second one. Yeah, so, yeah. We have to plug our men's sevens as well. They're in. Yeah, they're in with an opportunity as well for the final spot. So they're. Okay. I, I believe they're playing a weekend before us, possibly in, in Monaco. June, yeah, in Monaco. So they're going and like they're a very fresh um, program at the moment so it's a really big achievement for them mm-hmm. to get this far and is it the same kind of st- structure tournament for them to, or is it 16 teams competing yeah. for one, yeah. one Olympic spot, yeah. Okay, yeah. yeah we're doing really well because yeah. we had a we've had an extra year training together and they haven't and they've all come together and got some some serious results in some really tough tournaments so yeah. it'd be pretty really well. cool to get um to get the two teams over mm-hmm. to Brazil mm-hmm. absolutely and well safe to say it's a jam-packed couple of months ahead for for the women's seven squad and the men's yeah. and the stakes are high but uh the very best of luck with the training the competition and Jenny the recovery hope to see you back on the pitch soon Fair Game will be following you guys all the way and supporting on the sidelines in UCD this June thanks a million for joining us thank you So now that you've heard all about what's in store for Irish women's rugby seven squad, it's time to get behind them. And the great news is that the final phase of their road to Rio will be played out right here in Ireland. The World Rugby Women's Sevens Olympic Repechage Tournament takes place on Saturday 25th and Sunday 26th of June at the UCD Bowl in Dublin. Ireland will be competing against 15 other nations for the final coveted place at the Olympic Games. The stakes are high and our girls in green will be hoping for a big show of support from their home fans. Tickets are available to purchase now via Ticketmaster and with change from 20 quid for a two-day ticket, it's a great value weekend of sports spectating in store. Big thanks to Jenny and Lucy for taking a pit stop on their road to Rio to fill us in on how they're progressing. You can keep up with them on Twitter at at Lucy Mulhall and at Jenny Murphy 045. Make sure to follow us on Twitter too at Fair Gamecast to keep up to date with everything that's happening in the world of women's sports between episodes. If you've missed any of our episodes to date, make sure to check out our website, castaway.media slash fairgame, and also subscribe to Fair Game on your podcasting app of choice to make sure you don't miss another one. That's it for this episode of Fair Game. We'll talk to you again in two weeks' time.
This was a Castaway Media production. Find more great podcasts on our network. Visit castaway.media. Hi, I'm Jay Farner, CEO of Quicken Loans. 30% of Americans who are planning home improvements of $5,000 or more will pay for those renovations with a high-interest credit card. That may not be a great idea. A better idea may be to take cash out of your home with a Quicken Loans 30-year fixed-rate mortgage. The rate today on our 30-year fixed-rate mortgage is 4.5%, APR 4.78%. Call us today at 800-QUICKEN or go to rocketmortgage.com. Rate subject to change. Pay 2% fee to receive this discounted rate. Call for cost information and conditions. Equal housing lender. License in all 50 states. NMLS number 33. 